0: Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs, everybody who likes to listen and learn about entrepreneurship. My name is Jeffrey Davis. I'm the host of Radio Entrepreneurs, also a chairman and board founder of Mage LLC, a management consulting firm in Massachusetts. And every week we like to speak to the other person on my camera, Mark Furman, shareholder at, at Tarlow Breed Hart and Rogers, because we need to learn about entrepreneurship and the law. Welcome back, Mark.
1: Hey, Jeffrey, great to be with you. Thank you, Mark.
0: So uh, what is the topic today, Mark?
1: So I thought we'd talk a little bit about the uh, purchase and sales of businesses, something that entrepreneurs are certainly uh, interested in, I hope. And, um, you know, once again, I have to make sort of a plug for how important the agreement is uh, to buy a business or to sell the business. From the seller's perspective, when you get paid, you want to make sure you don't have to give any of the money back. And there are times that uh, the seller doesn't get the entire purchase price at the closing. Sometimes there are earnouts, sometimes there are deferred payments. They may be secured by a note. But the last thing the seller wants is a hassle. And what's in the asset purchase agreement or stock purchase agreement is critically important to decide whether or not uh, you get to keep the money or you get uh, embroiled in lengthy expensive litigation, which uh, is a goal to avoid. From From the purchaser side, you don't want litigation in the future either. You want to make sure you've done an appropriate due diligence so that you know what you're buying, you know that you're comfortable with the financial records you're provided. And, you know, what happens as parties negotiate a purchase agreement is there are rep- representations and warranties. It seems kind of mundane, but they're critically important and heavily negotiated. And please don't think that they're just boilerplate. They're not. There are uh, legal rights get determined. I've had cases. uh, One of the things that get uh, negotiated is when a seller makes warranties, say about the financials that are provided to the buyer, how long should those representations last? Forever, five years, two years, one year. I've had cases where because suit has been brought after the warranties expire, the seller gets to keep the money. So it's not boilerplate. Uh, people f- negotiate and fight for deductibles. In other words, if there's an unex- unexpected expense, well, the first, let's call it 50,000, 25,000, 75,000 or a hundred. the buyer uh, the buyer assumes it's only unknown claims above a certain amount. Why does a seller want to be? nickled and dined every time there's a $200,000, 2000 or even $20,000 uh, unforeseen expense. And, uh, you know, these are intensely negotiated. And uh, when I get cases where uh, purchase agreements are not quite on the back of a napkin, but not negotiated, you know, the, either the buyer or the seller accepts what's ever put in front of them, you know, you're, you're asking for trouble, you're not saving money, and you're going to cause yourself the risk of much greater problems in the future.
0: Mark, I, uh, I always know that a transaction is ripe for problems for the seller, especially, uh, Have you ever seen a situation where there's potential performance criteria where the buyer crawls back and wants money back from the seller, too? Because I have a feeling just people are not reading their documents closely enough or really having a competent attorney read them before everything is signed.
1: Yeah, I litigate those cases all the time on behalf of the seller or the buyer. And, um, you know, are the Financials accurate are the disclosures accurate. There, um, you know, there should be uh, due diligence, disclosure, representations, warranties, time limits. Time limits can operate almost like a statute of limitations that the claim doesn't doesn't exist based upon that. A warranty or representation after that limitation period is over. What you don't want is to have someone buy a business with incomplete information. You want it documented, the information that they have so you can prove it was complete because when allegations get made of fraud or misrepresentation, It's very important to have a be able to prove not only the accuracy of the information, but it was actually provided to the to the buyer. You know, so what we do is we create these data rooms for the due diligence where all of the documents that have been disclosed exist, and there's a permanent record of them. at least until uh, you know, long after any potec- potential claim period. A related issue is you know, s- buyers always say, "Well, I'll uh, you know, I'm going to employ you for X years. or give you a consulting agreement, and uh, you know, buyers like that because for one reason, it's deferred payment." And for another reason, it's tax deductible, ordinary necessary business expense to the buyer. Well, it's just another form of compensation, but like an earn out or a promissory note or uh, a consulting agreement or employment agreement, you run into the situation of, okay, the, the buyer no longer needs you, so they get rid of you they uh, trump up some excuse why they have a right to fire you, and you end up not getting X hundreds of thousands of dollars of what you think of as the purchase price. So all these agreements are critically important. I know I talk about it in every context that we talk about it, but it's particularly important, I think, in the purchase and sale of businesses For a seller, this may be the most important business transaction of their life. They may be selling a company that with your help, Jeffrey, and the help of other advisors, they built over a period of decades, and now they're approaching retirement. And this is their opportunity to realize uh, on their lifelong investment of time and money. And, the, and you don't want, you do not want to do anything to increase the risk that you're going to get served with suit papers and somebody wants to take your retirement funds and, uh, uh, have, and the buyer wants, wants it back in whole or in part. So this needs to be treated as a very serious Transaction.
0: Well, you know, it sounds like you're talking about the perils of a PNS, and I think this is an issue, and uh, it's it's something I see all the time. The people usually buying businesses tend to be people who've done multiple transactions. They're sophisticated people, corporations, people who, let's say, have family businesses. This is their only transaction of their life. They have no experience with them, and you need to surround yourself with competent people because it's easy to do the wrong deal. As you're showing us in a sort of punch list, there's lots of pitfalls in this situation.
1: I think you're right in terms of, um, you know, if it's a seller who, you know, if this isn't the seller's uh, second, third, fourth, fifth sale, um, you know, this may be the only time that they've done it. But I must say, I've had, Uh, cases where the buyer, who was very sophisticated, just had done so many deals that they thought they could do it without a lawyer. And um, so as a result, um, I must say, all hell broke loose. The deal documents made no sense. And the litigation cost of unraveling that uh, unfortunate arrangement uh, were in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, and the savings of ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars up front—it uh, just wasn't worth it. it. Just wasn't worth it.
0: So we're speaking with uh, Mark Furman, uh, attorney at. Carlo Bidhart and Rogers about the perils of the PNS purchase and sales. Mark, again, I think this is something that every entrepreneur on both sides has to be a little bit more conscientious about. This is not something people can do on their own. As a management consultant, I would never do it on my own. And I've seen many of these. If someone wants to get more information from you about how to do these things properly, how would they find you?
1: I can be reached at 617 218 2025 or on my email m f-u-r-m-a-n at tbhr-law.com
0: and this is entrepreneurship and the law on radio entrepreneurs and we will be back next week with mark Furman with more stories